Hello and welcome to the Proper Car Podcast. I'm Drew Markey and I'm excited to share my love of cars and my knowledge of the car sales and service industry with you. The goal of this podcast is to help you be more informed about the car buying process, to help you find the best car for your needs and your budget, and to help you enjoy car ownership more than you've ever imagined. I'm your ally in car buying and I can't wait to help you out, so let's get started. We need better public transportation in the United States. It's pitiful, especially for the greatest nation on earth. As you can probably tell, I have strong opinions on this issue, so this episode is a little overdue. As a car enthusiast, you may think I'd feel differently about public transportation. I do love to drive more than the average person, that's for sure, but As with just about anything in life, it's easy to lose the joy from something if you do it too often. A good slice of chocolate cake is something many of us enjoy, but if you eat it every day, it's just going to become normal, part of your day, and you're going to grow bored and tired of it. The same can be said for driving, especially when so much of our time behind the wheel is spent in frustrating traffic, commuting, or trying to avoid other drivers who seem to think driving comes second to whatever it is that they're doing with their phones. I live in a city with pretty terrible public transportation. Yeah, we have buses, and there are even some specialty systems in place that help those with disabilities, but generally speaking, it's not something many people use by choice. The distance you have to travel to get to vital parts of town where there are grocery stores or hospitals is too far to walk or bike. Not that we even have sidewalks or bike lanes that really make that a good option anyway. And while we do have buses, they're not as accessible or timely as many would want or need to be able to consider using them more often. And while it sounds like I'm just dumping on my hometown, I'm not, because my description probably sounds pretty accurate for just about anyone listening, aside from those in large metropolitan areas. Public transportation is the fix for these issues, and many more. So in this episode, I'm going to go over a few different reasons why we should be fighting for more and better public transportation in cities of all sizes and spanning our vast and beautiful country. Let's get started. There are so many points I could make related to why we need better public transportation. And I want to start with one that affects many people in a big way. Money. The cost to purchase, insure, maintain, register, and operate a car is significant. Even if you're lucky enough to have been gifted a car, you're going to spend hundreds of dollars in taxes and registration. The insurance will generally set you back by another one to two thousand dollars or more maintenance will average out to around five hundred dollars a year and gas costs will fluctuate but 
they cost the average driver another $3,000 every year. So just to use your car for day-to-day needs, it's going to cost the average person at least three dollars to $5,000 every year. And again, that's completely excluding the cost of purchasing or making payments. Many people just don't have that kind of flexibility in their finances. And that's why you see neglected maintenance, driving without insurance, and similar things that put the drivers of those vehicles and others around them at an increased risk. And it's easy to feel entitled to scold the people making those decisions when these challenges aren't part of your life. But the reality is that there are many people in this nation who are held back financially, and the need for a car is just too great. But there are cities around the world that don't create that costly barrier for people to get where they need to go because they have buses, trains, and other local systems that operate reliably, often, and at a low cost. Yes, there are higher taxes that are needed to pay for these types of things. But the joy of that is you're able to spread out the burden of the expenses and you can lighten the load on those who struggle financially as it is. And in the cities that prioritize public transportation, it's also better in many ways. Because everyone feels that they're chipping in, they tend to use it more. And because it's used by many people on a regular basis, the standards for cleanliness and comfort and other factors get taken care of. They run efficiently because many people use and and rely on these systems throughout the day, and they really become part of the design and planning of cities, which can help in many other ways as well. And to return to the cost point before wrapping up this segment, if you pay a tiny percentage of your overall income in taxes for public transportation, you're able to budget around that very easily. And even if you have to pay a few dollars a day when you go to work or need to run errands or just want to get to other parts of your city, that's doable as well. If you compare that to having to budget for a car, I mentioned earlier that at a bare minimum, you're talking three to $5,000 a year. Realistically, with most people making car payments these days, that's actually more like five to $10,000 at a complete bare minimum for annual costs to own and operate a car. You're looking at 12 to $25 or more every single day that has to be put toward your transportation costs. Public transportation may only cost you 2 to $5, and that's only in the days that you use it. When you break it down like that, I think it becomes much more clear, and it really goes to show why it's so important for everyone to have that kind of right and accessibility to affordable transportation around their city, but especially when you consider that some people just cannot afford to budget 12 to $25 or more out of their income every single day just to go toward the vehicle the way that they can get around town. 
It's a really important point in this issue, and it's one that I think needs way more talk and discussion and pressure on the people who are able to make the types of decisions to move forward and to advance our public transportation systems. So many other reasons come to mind for having better public transit systems. The impact on the environment is much lower. The space needed for vehicles is cut significantly, both on the roads themselves and for parking considerations around cities. The ability to travel freely and comfortably between parts of cities and states or even the entire country is improved. Automotive congestion becomes less of an issue, and the reduction in the number of cars on the road means a drop in the number of vehicle-related accidents, injuries, and deaths as well. I could easily dive in on any of those factors and give them each a full segment of coverage, but I'm going to try to cover those quickly and advise you to do a little research of your own around any of these subjects, any of these topics that you find especially interesting. There are plenty of articles and videos and lots of research that's already been done that outline why we need to make each of these different improvements. So let's cover the environmental impacts first. One of the best reasons to switch to hybrid or fully electric cars is to lessen your daily impact on the environment through the emissions created by your vehicle. But not all of us are in a position to switch to those types of cars. And this is where public transportation will always have a leg up over what we can accomplish with cars anyway. I love that image of a bus or train that's full of people and the space that would be needed for each of those people's cars when commuting the way so many of us do now. It's a great representation of how bad our system is at the moment. You've got 50 cars on the road transporting 50 people from one part of town to another and back again later in the day. And we do this all the time. It requires a couple of city blocks of bumper-to-bumper cars to move the same number of people as you could on a single bus that may go from that same point A to generally the same point B. And that hits home at the point about the number of vehicles and the total emissions that are made up from those 50 cars that are on the road. So if you consider that around 10% of all new passenger vehicles that are sold right now are electric or hybrid, which is up from only 3 to 5% for most of the last decade, and it's going to continue to climb, but that still means that very few cars on the road right now are not producing emissions. So if you think about those 50 cars in that image just sitting there on the road, almost every single one of them is producing emissions. The bus can also sometimes be hybrid, but will certainly still produce more emissions than the average car. However, if you compare that to 45 or 50 emissions producing cars that are now off the road, it's pretty easy to see how much better that would be. 
And to return to the point about the space needed for all those cars, just travel to a city with amazing public transportation, or with great biking and pedestrian paths, or sections of town that are closed off to vehicle traffic. You're going to notice a big difference in the layout, the noise, and other elements of that city's environment when there are few, if any, cars allowed in an area. I love going to an old city square or a pedestrian-only part of town. They allow people to walk freely around the space. There's markets and vendors all around you and shops, restaurants, cafes, food carts, and just the people themselves all being open and using the space comfortably. It makes for such a friendly and just welcoming environment, one where you feel safer and you feel you can move freely and confidently. And that's just something that you lose with the way that I'm used to seeing it. City streets that are designed primarily for getting traffic down the road, offering tons of parking spots, you know, right there in front of every single business, and then therefore really limiting the sidewalk space that's available. And then it also just introduces all of these unpleasant sounds and smells of cars and trucks that are running right next to you. And then the restrictions that have to be put in place to keep pedestrians safer from those vehicles as well. It just paints a completely different picture when you consider how life can kind of go about in a much more comfortable and free manner on those city markets and those those pedestrian-friendly zones compared to the crowded city street full of cars and loud noises and things like that. It's just a much more pleasant environment to be in. And on the points I was making about travel and congestion, again, just consider how nice it would be to hop on a train when you need to travel a slightly longer distance. And that may just be a 20-mile trek to your neighboring city or a 300-mile trip to visit someone out of state. But if we had good options in that category, you wouldn't have to do the driving. So the complaint I made earlier about people being on their phones, those people can be on their phones if they're just sitting as a passenger on a train or a bus. It allows you to kind of relieve yourself the burden of considering things like prepping your car for a road trip or even just dealing with traffic. And you can use that time, which time is so important for all of us these days. It's so hard for us to find free time in many cases. But you could use that trip to then get a little bit of work done. Spend that time as your time on social media. Maybe read a book. And you're doing it all while traveling to the destination. And that would normally be time that requires your full attention as the driver operating a single car on the road. And now that you and a hundred or more people have boarded that same train rather than jumping into separate cars, those highways are less congested for those that are using them. 
meaning that it's safer for those people to travel, and it's easier for them to travel than it would have been otherwise. It all sounds like a win-win to me. I'm sure I've missed many points that I could have made related to the benefits of public transportation. And maybe that means that this episode will come back around in the future. So I want to go ahead and ask you now, if you have thoughts on this subject, if you know of things that I missed that would have been great talking points, send me a a message on social media, comment on today's post about this, or email me if you have any of those thoughts, if there's something I missed, or one of the topics that you would like to dive in a little bit deeper on. And I have one last topic that I want to mention, and it basically brings me back to where I started this podcast. I love driving, and I want more people to enjoy driving as well. But I just don't think that happens when we need our cars to be our primary means of transportation for any and all purposes. I talk often about buying the car you want, and how it's one of the best ways that you can enjoy your car ownership. But it's just not as likely when your car has to do everything for you, and it has to meet a tight budget as well. I wish more people had the ability to have a car that they can use when they want to, how they want to, and that they can enjoy when doing so. Cars have the ability to be so much fun. It would be better if we were able to relinquish the daily duties of commuting and running errands to public transportation so that we could drive when we want to. And if your car needs have shifted more toward the fun they can offer, it can completely transform how you go about buying your next car. Maybe a four-seater convertible becomes the perfect choice for your family rather than the big SUV because it primarily serves the purpose of using it for pleasure rather than just for utility. It's funny to me how our thirst for freedom as Americans has molded our needs for utility-first vehicles. The car was originally meant to be the ultimate form of freedom, Get in and drive yourself anywhere you want to go. That's the American way. But by neglecting to consider how public transportation plays a vital role in this, we've actually robbed ourselves of many of the freedoms that we thought we had. Instead of paying a few extra dollars in taxes a month, we pay hundreds for a car that offers us the same things, unless you can't afford to. And then you just don't deserve to have the same level of freedom? Doesn't make much sense to me. Okay, thanks for listening to a bit of a rant, some pretty strong hints at my political perspectives on this topic, and why I'm so passionate about it. To learn more about The Proper Car, check out my website at thepropercar.com. And find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the underscore proper underscore car. You can direct message me there or email me at 
podcast at thepropercar.com with any questions, comments, or feedback that you may have. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy the drive.